0: I'm John McDevitt with Paul Kurtz, and we are the Beer and Booze Bros. Yeah, <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> I'm about to choke. It's going to be all right. Uh, uh. On today's episode, Philadelphia
1: Wine Week uncorked.
2: We love wine.
1: We go to the kickoff event in Center City. Where local wineries made their presence known to the delight of the wine drinking crowd, which included us, John. No. And we were delighted, weren't
3: we? We were delighted. Those are some great wine. It's all handcrafted with these hands right here. I make the wine. You know what? And look, those hands look like they're in the field. Wow. Yeah. You
1: are a you worker. Got some rugged, yeah.
3: Wow.
0: What else we got? Ah. We step in the lab of evil genius. We learn. There's more than one genius behind the innovative brew.
4: What's the most unusual beer you brewed? with The combination or what's the oh, weirdest uh, thing?
5: You guys can oh, have some
6: weird How much time do you have?
1: <laughs> it's called Brotherly Suds, a collaborative brew for Philadelphia Beer Week. It's created by local breweries.
6: When we first walked in the
7: door, He, Jason looked at me and said, this will be us one day. Like That was like one of the first things he said. So, <laughs>
0: and how to do the Kentucky Chew. Finish. you
4: might have heard the term Kentucky Hug.
0: Where are you going with this, John?
4: (laughs) It's a new... So, you want to prime your taste, bud.
0: Yeah. The Kentucky Whiskey Bourbon expands to the Keystone State. It's time for another episode...
1: Philly Wine Week kicked off with its opening Corks event on the 19th floor of the Bellevue Hotel in Centre City.
0: Yep, there were some delicious wines from around the world and local wineries at a strong show and tea.
8: get that's from the Languedoc-Roussillon region.
1: And this is how we're going to kick off Philly Wine Week, John.
0: Yes. Cheers. Sir? Say your name again. David,
8: David Novatsky. And, and you're from where? Philadelphia, and we're with Vintage Imports. So
0: what do we got going here? What did
8: we start with first? We, you kind of we started with the uh, Domaine Michelin, which is a Minervois wine from the southwest of France, uh, Syrah, Grenache and are you're, you're pretty lucky to be able to taste some of these things, because these guys are legendary in France. Let's guys. do okay. it. Fine. Okay, what do, we, what do we have next? So again, Croissant this is northern Rhone, heavy majority Syrah on this, and Alain Graillot came over from Burgundy, took everything he learned, his experiences, brought it to
0: the Rhone. And it's been producing legendary wines uh, ever since. your eyes are lighting up on that. Oh, I'm excited. Are we tasting, like, the, am I wrong by, the, like, the skin of it is kind of like I'm... I'm
8: so they do what's see. called whole cluster yeah. uh-huh. for, uh, fermentations, right, where they're taking not only the grapes themselves but also the stems. John. Yeah, that's taste, I,
0: How did you do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I guess I've been researching a lot. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, that's, that's spot on. And so say the um, name of this again for me.
1: Alain Groyot. The crows off the tongue. Crows off the tongue. Does he not <laughs> show any? <laughs> <in?
0: laughs>
3: Hi there. Uh, your name, your, where are we? I'm Zach. Uh, this is Wayvine. Um We're located in Nottingham, Pennsylvania. So we grow all our grapes on site here on my family farm. It's all handcrafted with... These hands right here, I make the wine. Uh, My family helps me. Those hands right there? Yes, sir. All right. uh, (laughs) You know what? And look, those hands look like they're in the field. Wow, you you are a worker. You've got some rugged, yeah. Wow. Zach, Nottingham is Bucks County. Nottingham is Chester County. um, Right around the Hearst Potato Chip Factory and Longwood Gardens. Uh, Wineries, Uh, a lot of them out there. Uh, Yes. about a dozen or so within uh, Chester County, like area. What are, we, what are we tasting here? This is the Grüner Veltliner.
0: And what are we? What are we supposed to be? The notes we're supposed to be getting. At? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. So honest. Let's try it. Let's, let's.
1: I already did mine. Oh, what, do you, what did you get from it? I, just like a really solid white wine. I mean, and I gotta say, Zach, I'm gonna be. I you know very transparent I had a bias I, I used to have a bias against local wines because I didn't drink much of them but what I drank was pretty not good but in, in the last few years I've
3: drank more local wines and I they're really good I've been hearing that a lot I think that uh, there's definitely a whole mission um, to specific wineries in our area now to like let people know that like we can get good quality grapes and wine coming from Pennsylvania Uh, just like you can from Virginia, New York, California. Everybody's got their own flavor and stuff, and we're trying to get a good flavor out there to everybody at this point.
4: Oh, who's
0: this guy? Andrew Kramer's with us. Andrew Kramer. Did you sneak in?
4: <laughs> I did. I, I had to make my uh, Beer and Brews Bros first appearance. It's, about, nice.
7: time. Been, well, it's so, about time. It's about time. I've been waiting a year for this. Yeah, so Andrew
1: Kramer's our colleague, by the way. Okay.
7: This is a Sauvignon Blanc. What, what are you getting? Ah, is this is my favorite one so far. Get, oh, this is by far the, my favorite
4: one of the three. I, I'm not a fan of really sweet wines, but I like when it has a little bit of sweetness, and this one definitely has that. I'm yeah,
1: telling if, really you, good. if you told me that, blindfolded me and said this is a nice California wine,
5: Oh, yeah, I'd be all in. I mean, right. that's fantastic. Let's go to yeah, the Reds.
0: We should definitely, yeah. Go out there, yeah. Let me get some
5: Reds for you guys. Oh, great, yeah. All
2: right. It's my birthday, April 8th. This is Shabnat, my birthday. What's week. Your name? My name is Katrina. Shout out for a week. You're like a hurricane. And my daughter, Tyria, yes, hurricane. my daughter, Tyria, treated me to this event to talk to... You know, start
0: off my birthday week. Oh, well, you guys that is good. so nice good. of you. Thank, well, you. Thank you. Thank you very much. What, what are, you, are, you, are you into wine? Are you trying to learn about wine? We love wine. Yes. We went
2: to one wine testing about a year ago. They taught us how to swish, sniff, taste, you know what I mean? Sure journey, and, but we're getting there. Yeah, oh, we're, we're getting, getting there. taste. You got yeah. that? Yeah. 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 It's, it's swish, yeah. yeah. And so... They had the t- cheeses and everything, and we fell in love with wine that day. Harry's. It's a whole whole Harry's. new like yeah, world, right? Yes, it what is. is. What do you like best that you remember? <laughs> there was a Brazilian Moscato with a Brazilian pineapple mint sort of stuff he put on there. Ooh. It was so good. Awesome bouquet. Yes.
0: We head to Fishtown and to Evil Genius's Lab and Brewery. There's an upgraded beer garden, special beer selections, and an expanded food menu. Listen to that. What is that? That's the sound. Oh! the yeah. train! <laughs> We're on Front Street and at Evil Genius' Street. Lab and Brewery, is that right? Yeah, I just thought we were gonna hang out under a train trestle, <laughs> drink out of a paper bag. Well, it's raining too. I mean, we are truly dedicated. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, well, you can call it that. <laughs> truly. Uh,
0: All right. Yeah. So we have some guests with us. Kramer showed up again.
4: What's up, Kramer. <laughs> I had so much fun at the wine thing. I figured, why not? Let's do it.
7: I'm Garrett Lee Williams. Uh, I'm the GM here at Evil
5: Genius, uh, the lab. I'm Scott Hadley. I'm the bar manager here.
6: And I'm Luke Bowen, and I am the co-founder of uh, Evil Genius Beer Company. Well, we, we have a makeshift table uh, here for our
0: beers. Thanks, guys, for the beer. Uh, old um, wooden keg.
6: Yeah. We got this, uh, actually, um, we got uh, this barrel from our friends over at uh, Weyerbacher over in uh, Easton, PA. Okay. Yeah, they get rid of some of their old barrels, and so we uh, we brought them out for some some uh, some decorative stuff in our place. and Those guys are really good friends, and they make some awesome beers, so we're uh, thrilled to have some of their stuff in our place.
0: Great. We were lured here, Paul, because uh, we, we heard there was a luau of some sort uh, in your, in, out in your new outdoor space? Yeah.
7: Uh, so, unfortunately, as you know, when planning events, you don't know what the weather's going to look like, so now it's uh, getting ready to thunderstorm, so we're not doing it in the beer garden. We've got some luau stuff inside to make up for it. Can someone talk about the
0: outdoor space? So... It, what it what's it all about
7: it's I
5: how, honestly yeah. think it's just about community and being a, a brewery and what was an up and coming neighborhood and it's just a very welcoming space that allows what we see is like n- neighborhood locals coming in yeah. drinking a pint in the sun bringing their dogs out there uh, bringing lots their kids dogs. lots of dogs lots of dogs lots well, of we dogs. were
0: also like when we were sitting out there it's like <laughs> we're under the market Frankfurt L almost yeah. and like oh, yeah. wow has this area changed it
5: sure has it, it really has a lot um and it's been great and so we spent a lot of time with, in the beer garden uh, and just planning it out and making sure everyone can be as comfortable as they can be just sitting out in the sun and bringing their dogs and bringing their kids and drinking cold beers out there. And Breweries in terms
6: of community are really, we want this to be like a really open space. Like we have a lot of young families that are here in our neighborhood a lot of people with various pets and like that's what the space is supposed to be for. Like beers is you know, it's supposed to sort of be a, you know, create a sense of community and which was echoed by what these guys said and that's really what we're ultimately trying to do is create a space that's welcoming to everybody and and that's really kind of what that allows us to do plus we're like one of the only breweries that has a big outdoor space in the city which is yeah. pretty rad yeah.
0: you, you also have a kitchen
6: we do have a kitchen yeah yes yeah. yeah, so we serve we, like chef joe's amazing uh he makes the most bomb tacos uh best buffalo chicken in the city it's it's just ridiculous so we have all kinds of stuff pretzels nachos charcuterie um all all kinds of stuff, everything you can imagine, all made fresh daily. So you know we've got some really really great beers and some you know freshly made food as well. And
1: then there's the beer which we're drinking right now. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got to uh, complete the process, which is uh, delicious Nine, double IPA. Nine point zero uh, ABV. Right?
0: Yeah, double yeah. IPA. You got that yeah. too. Nice
1: well, I was hoping you guys could could help us with something, and I, and I really think our listeners out there would be interested in this too, because you see that you're known for the names of your beers. You, oh yeah. You yeah. take all well, your.
5: So it's actually a collective effort. Uh, it's a collaborative effort of everyone that works here at the lab and uh, people that come in just to drink our beers. We have a suggestion box in the front. We use a file sharing app called Slack, and we have a, a thread called Beer Names. Everyone that works here submits them all the time, uh, and it's just just brainstorming all together about them. Yeah. Does the name come first, or does the beer come first?
6: Great question. Comes honestly both ways. Really, like it's it's uh, sometimes we'll we'll have a beer and we're just like you know what like we really need to this beer is amazing we need to name it something special and it'll just kind of come to you immediately um, and then other times it's like man that name is really good like we need to kind of keep that in our back pocket like when we make a beer that's yeah. like worthy of that name like per, like for for example the first one that was really kind of fit that mold was uh, Purple Monkey Dishwasher our Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter we knew we wanted to call a beer that, <laughs> that just for, rolls a, off your that's tongue that's
0: awesome <laughs> no I mean, no, no, but that,
6: but, no but that's like the perfect example right like that was a beer name that we had before the beer happened you know and it needed the beer needed to be worthy of that name it needed to be complex it needed to be unique and it needed to be different and so that was one that we shelved for just such a long time until we were actually ready to like bring a beer that we thought was worthy of that name and what weirder combination of words and purple monkey dishwasher to match up with a chocolate peanut butter porter it was just like perfect
1: can we ask you to go go through a quick Quick go through your, the the names and where they came from.
6: Go yeah, sure. So, like, uh, hashtag adulting is another good one. Um, it's because uh, it was our fifth anniversary beer uh, when Evil Genius turned five. Also, we were kind of in our you know early thirties and we didn't really feel like growing up. So we were lamenting the fact that we had to you know you know pay pay taxes and all this kind of stuff. So um, yeah, Stacey's bomb. Uh, Our Citra IPA. Uh, Everybody knows kind of where that comes from. You know what I mean? Uh, She's got it going on. And then we've got... uh, (laughs) got, uh, uh, Oh, the the grape thing.
7: Oh, Oh, they did surgery on a grape. grape. Where is that from? So that's uh, just an internet phenomenon because, uh, what, three months ago, they had a uh, robot actually perform very precise surgery on a grape.
5: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. They removed the skin from the grape and then replaced the same skin on the same grapes, mm-hmm. and it was all mechanical yeah yeah wow. so that was just
7: all uh, everything is a pop culture reference yeah. you know yeah. obviously you guys can see that from our names but yeah. uh sometimes it's a little more timely and for that we, well, can, we
0: can we just we did, we, with, with, with that red one one right yeah that that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about right that was awesome but we had that uh creamer we had that uh initially right the grape. that was the, the first one we had that it was yeah. ama- a really amazing uh, and we met those guys at Wine Week. the, the Wavine Yeah, the guys. sure. Now, do you do collaborations like that? Because they're a great company, too. So, do, do you do a lot of those?
7: So we've worked with Wavine since we opened. Um, about two weeks huh. before we opened, PA Liquor Law changed, and it went from being we were only allowed to have our own beer to we were able to have anything sold in Pennsylvania. Huh. Yeah. Uh, wine, cider, liquor, uh, all of that. So Very I want you to imagine how much planning went into having this space and then finding out that you now have a full wine, liquor, and cider program that you need to come up with in two weeks. Wow. Mm. Um, so my background is from Tria. Um, yeah. So I've been a wine person for a while. And so I wanted to work with Wavine pretty much immediately. They're 100% estate grown. Yeah. Um, they do some phenomenal stuff. And one of my favorite beers is uh, Dogfish 61 Minute, which they just brought back. Um, It was gone for about two years. It's their 60 Minute fermented with red wine grape must. Um, That's a really rad beer, and it's something that uh, is in my like desert island beer list. If I had, you know, like three to five beers, that would be very high on that list. So, in that same vein of marrying wine and beer, uh, they did Surgery on a Grape. That was one that kind of. The name came first, and then we were able to yeah. kind of sem- uh, uh, p- make a semblance of a beer yeah. toward that name. And then all of our beers will change over time as well because we don't do filtration on site here. So we're not pasteurizing, we're not filtering, any of that stuff. So our beer has living yeast in it. There's six lines that are coming directly from, from the Bright Tanks. So the beer will change over time. Um, and this is like week to week. Yeah. Uh, you'll see changes in this. Uh, and in each beer. So, like, we're drinking the Pilsner right now. Yeah. That's changed drastically in the, I'm gonna say, week and a half, two weeks that we've had this on. Yeah. Oh, nice. um, oh. It's still a delightful Pilsner, but it's different it
0: than when we put it out. Wow. Yeah. What what uh, you have some seventy six year references references as well? Oh
6: yeah, yeah. We have oh, trust, yeah. pro- trust the process too. We're Big Sixers fans and uh, complete the process. Obviously for that's, their uh, that's what, we have that's what you guys have right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah complete the my process. <laughs> la 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 la. Gaggedy. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: What's the most
7: unusual beer you brewed? The combination or what's the oh, weirdest thing?
3: Uh, you guys can oh, some man. weird <laughs> yeah, yeah, <you're> like, <laughs> how
6: much, yeah. How much time do you have?
7: <laughs> John did one that
6: had rocks and... Uh, uh, the, yeah, that was weird. We did a collaboration <laughs> beer rocks, with... No, rocks. so we did a collaboration beer with Full Pint Brewing Company out of Pittsburgh. And they like went... This guy had a farm and they went to like the forest and they got like moss and like different types of hickory and like granite like and made a gruit, basically a hopless beer with all of these like wild like ingredients it was it, it tastes it. like dirt. Uh, uh, no, no, no. It, no, <laughs> it, it was, tastes um, like
5: dirt. We make so many beers yeah. Yeah. because the brewery that we're standing in right now is our 15-barrel system, wow. and our, those beers that we brew here are only served exclusively here at the lab, the building that we're in right now. Yeah,
6: we made a beer with wedding cakes and edible glitter. We've made a beer with <laughs> well, that marshmallows, was fun. marshmallows and graham cracker blueberry puree. We've made, like... <laughs> That was actually Scott's <laughs> <appearance. laughs> oh, right. oh, beer. Uh, we, we do a water ice beer series. Oh, yeah. And we made a blue raspberry water ice IPA. Now, blue raspberries aren't real. So we went, <laughs> so, so we went and got like 5 gallons of blue raspberry slushy syrup and dumped uh, that in. Yeah. It looked like Ecto Cooler like that crazy
5: <laughs> And it was delicious. It was awesome. It, it, was, was, so it was one cool. of the best beers we wow. made. Yeah. So like
6: So like
0: we we fucked around You have a watermelon, water ice? Yeah, we watermelon, That's water all ice I yeah. yeah.
6: We've done mango, mango lemon, blue, lemon uh, yeah. mango, lemon, cherry, blue raspberry, watermelon. Peach. Yeah, we did peach. Peach. Yeah. Was that peach tangerine or just peach? It was peach tangerine. Yeah, that was really good. good. Vince
0: has a question. What what constitutes a beer being put into bottle form?
6: So.
3: Ooh,
0: good. Damn, that's a good good
6: question. question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, so basically what we what we kind of do is like we experiment with a lot of different beers here, and we have some that are kind of year round styles that have been you know staples in our lineup like for five years. (laughs) Our (laughs) oldest lasting beer is actually. Trick or Treat, which is our Chocolate Pumpkin Porter. we made that every year that we've been a company. And this will be, you know, the seventh time that we've made it. will turn eight in September. But, you know, if a beer gets put on here, we get a lot of really positive feedback on it. Sells really quickly. Ratings are good. People seem to be really digging it and vibing it. Like, this year, we're going to be swapping out five new beers into our bottle and package lineup. And all five of those beers were made here at the tap room. That are cycling into the beers that you're going to be able to buy like, you know Wegmans or you know Buffalo Wild Wings or like any of like your local stores. So it, it,
0: that, might that must be, be great for you now that you can you can finally buy beer in supermarkets. Oh, in it's awesome! State. Man. Oh,
6: yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was a huge game changer for yeah, us. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, it was uh it it and that that's really kind of what it goes back to is just we want more people to be able to find our beer in more places. Like that's that's good for beer in general. That's good for us. So. Uh, you know, we appreciate the grocery guys, like the convenience guys, like Wawa and Sheets, and all these people that are, you know, in there selling beer and, you know, really focusing on craft and local craft, which is freaking amazing. <laughs>
1: we got to hear about this yeah they got this like little stock market action yeah here. yeah
5: so it's called the drink exchange and it, it works just like the stock market we do it every wednesday from open to close we open at four and close at ten um and then we do it every thursday and friday from five to seven and it really is um the stock exchange of of drinks and beers. And basically how it works is it's attached directly to our POS system and the beers that aren't seeing that much action will drop down a little bit in price and the beers that are seeing a little bit more action go up a little bit in price. What's the very lowest and the and the highest? The very lowest is 4.75 and the very highest is $7. Oh cool.
0: That's a really awesome And it's super that- fun
5: yeah. and uh, people get really really fascinated with it and it changes and updates every 5 minutes but then we also have the ability to do something called a market crash where you <laughs> <laughs> where you can start down at bare bones again at 475 for every beer so on Wednesdays when we're working it as a longer shift you'll see multiple market crashes where that's all awesome. of our beers become 475 so it's like a form of happy hour
7: it is yeah. it is yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah that's our happy hour program
6: We're going to keep pumping out new creative stuff here, number one. Um, You can find us in distribution from Massachusetts to Maryland right now, but we're looking to expand farther south in, like, D.C., Virginia, Carolinas, like – West Ohio, Michigan, the next year. Or so,
0: the beer world, the beer community here in Philly is very strong and it is
6: interconnected. Isn't very it? much so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just had our friends from a Free Will Brewing Company up in Purgacy. They did a staff outing day with us, we had about 20 of their cats like down here drinking some beer and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, we, everybody's generally really cool and, you know, we're all kind of doing the same thing. I think everybody like respects each other's like creativity and how they make, because beer is made with roughly the same amount of ingredients until you start dumping, you know, wedding cakes and stuff in there, right? <laughs> But like, but like but but like you know we all kind of like you know respect each other's art in a lot of ways you know what i mean and yeah, so like yeah. that that to me is what's really cool and and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of love kind of between everybody and we all get on and we all visit each other's breweries and you know order each other's beers when we go out so it's a really cool community
0: beer week is coming up in june right yeah, oh yeah it's going to be We got a lot of fun stuff
7: planned here at the lab. Uh, Between, uh, we're doing, you guys are familiar with uh, the YouTube uh, Hot Ones? Yeah. Uh, Cool, we're going to do a Hop Ones. Oh, Uh, Same challenge. Uh, And it's actually going to be Luke and our head brewer, John. All right. Uh, First first Sunday of beer week, eating progressively hotter wings, drinking beer. Sponsored by Pepto (laughs) Bismol.
6: Maybe you can make a beer out of that. (laughs) <laughs> right, oh, one, my God. That's one ingredient we're not touching. Oh, <laughs> man. Holy
5: <laughs> man! We won't see sure. Luke for a week after this <laughs> <challenge>.
1: <laughs> We got the next round, guys. Just got to get paid first. Stay with
7: us. The Beer and Booze Bros will be right back. They're on a journey through breweries and watering holes throughout the region. It
9: actually tastes like apple
0: pie in a glass. Okay, I'm getting it now. Now I'm getting the pie.
1: John McDevitt and Paul Kurtz are the Beer and Booze Bros. Don't miss any of their podcasts. That's all I need, another addiction. On the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Beer and Booze Bros. It's almost May, which means it's almost
0: June, which means it's almost time for my favorite week of the year and yours too. Philly Beer Week? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's on May 31st, and that's when the ceremonial first keg is tapped and the beer inside is always very special.
1: Yep, it's a collaborative effort uh, called Brotherly Suds. When they first did this back in 2007... Seven owners got together, and there weren't more than seven in the area, uh, and they kept coming back year after year.
0: And so this community, this beer community, it, it's been growing oh, man. by leaps and bounds. Yep. Uh, so now Brotherly Suds is more inclusive. Anyone who's a member of brews of Pennsylvania is invited to attend this brew day. Yeah, um, really the, cool event. Yeah, yeah, it was early in the morning, too. They were brewing beer and drinking beer. They were. At like like coffee in the morning. and beer. Yeah.
1: Now we got an invitation, and really grateful for that, right, the the beer and booze bros were able to watch this whole thing and talk to some people and we spoke to two members of that core group, Bill Kobaleski of Victory and Tom Kehoe of Yards. Yeah, and
0: others. Yeah.
8: The idea when we first formed this was to actually have a rotation so that the brewer who brewed it would be rotated out and we'd rotate a new brewer in. It, practicality, it never really worked that way. The email thread stayed the same, the same people carried on, and it was going into last year's brew when we recognized that the concept didn't keep up with the community growth. There were more breweries. So um, a few of us convened, we hosted it at Victory, and what we decided is we would open source the recipe so that everyone could you know, riff off of it. Um, we couldn't have everyone be a part of the recipe creation. It's impractical. And then we did the bottle share concept. We introduced that so everyone could share something. And we also introduced the uh, open house concept so that brewers of Pennsylvania members were all invited to come out for the day.
0: I pull John in here. Yeah. So how many of the originals that started this are here today? So flying fish, yards,
8: Victory, Iron Hill, I believe we're missing Sly Fox, we have Stouts, so it's good, (laughs) Yeah, good collection. How do you all settle on what what you're going to do? The host facility will propose a recipe, and everyone will offer suggestions or changes, debate it, so it's more or less driven, it always had a sense of like, we want the host facility to shine, if you're good at something, it should be that. Trogues did it a few years back and did a vice beer because they have open fermentation specific for vice beer. So we try and be sensitive to what the facility and the, the integrity of the brewery is like.
0: When do those changes occur? Like today or like as no, it progresses? No, no. so, you, you have to come back again. Yeah, typically like in
8: the month of January, one of us gets the notion to wake everybody up and say, hey guys, let's get this thing going. And um, I, I woke everybody up this January and I said, I'm passing the torch but I don't know to whom. And Tom said, I'll take it. And then that, and then he became sort of the leader. So
0: this, of course, is all... This is, so today, it's all brewing towards uh, uh, Beer Week,
8: right? It's all of course, yeah. yeah. So the goal was always to showcase the community of brewers and the solidarity and cohesion that we have um, with a beer for Philly Beer Week. And there was no real rhyme or reason we're just proud of the fact that you know the city has supported us collectively and we wanted to offer something unique we're standing on a catwalk yeah uh, with tanks all around us and all these brewers all around us
1: yeah and we're watching some something's going on in the tank right behind us
0: (laughs) what what is that what is going on here so
8: we are mashing in the brotherly suds number 10 which is a, a hoppy citrus infused wheat beer. Uh, with a Belgian yeast strain. And then when will this be done, ready to go and on, on tap for Philly Beer Week? Very nice.
1: And the big ceremony. Yes. Alright? Right. Yes. So this is the beer. This, this, this is, the is the beer. beer. That we will all be drinking. Yes. Yeah. in Huge quantities. Yes.
0: Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Thank You're well. welcome.
1: Enjoy the huge quantities. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you again, man. Hey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, here we are, Tom Kehoe. Again, Man, yeah. we
0: keep running into each other. That's a good thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's surrounded by beer every time. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Tom, talk about the collaboration. I mean, you know, obviously there, there are you big guys here. No phys- I didn't mean
9: physically. <laughs> uh, as, as well as uh, smaller breweries. Um, that's important, right? It absolutely is. You know, we want to, you know, do these collaborations, get people together, talk about beer no matter what level you're on. And, you know, sharing ideas, sharing, you know, Experience and experience in beer, you know, is, is a big part of doing a collaboration. That's why we want to invite new people all the time. It seemed like the whole, the brewing of the Brudley Suds has always been, the, you know, falling on the shoulders of the seven breweries that started it, which is us, Fly Fox, uh, um, Flying Fish, Stouts. Victory, Stouts, Trogues and... Uh, and yards. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, that, that have been doing this uh, collaboration for all those years. But we bring other people in to be like, hey, here's the recipe. Do this on your own. Give us some ideas for next year so we can we can have fun and brew Brotherly Suds every year for Philly Beer Week. And for those who don't know, Brotherly Suds, talk about that. What is Bro- it? Bradley Suds, it's, you know, we, we decided to get together. We got together a long time ago and brewed the first Brotherly Suds is what we thought. Back for the first craft brewers conference that was here in Philadelphia. I think that was 2004. And then, you know, we, we, we came together again for Philly Beer Week because, you know, first time it was just like we use the RGSA by default because that was the uh, only cast that was around. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when Philly Beer Week started, then then we said like, no, this should be everybody should be part of this, and, I, and then we started doing a collaboration from there. And I think it was probably one of the earlier collaborations that really started things off for other breweries doing collaborations everywhere. And so. this beer will be available during during Philly Beer Week. It'll be the beer that they tap to start off Philly Beer Week, and we'll serve it the whole time. So does this beer have a name? Uh, Bradley Suds Ten. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's really, I mean, I think we're calling, I mean, I've been sort of calling it like the lemon drop. So it's oh, gonna, really? we're going to have, we have lemon drop hops in there. We're going to have Sriracha Ace hops, which is like a lemongrass as, uh, as, as, the, as the dry hop. And we're also doing lemon zest in there. And it's going to be a, a whipped beer. It's going to be real easy to drink and really, really palatable, and to give you that nice, refreshing lemon when when, it, when it's really starting to get hot, beginning of the summer in June. I already have. Uh, I feel like I need to go mow my lawn right now. <laughs> there you go. It's going to be great, especially when you're doing a lot of beer events. It's nice to have a beer you can just drink. Yeah, wow. yeah. Hey, that's the treat.
1: Yeah. yeah.
10: Jason Chapman. Okay. I'm the brewmaster of the Pine Lands Brewing Company in Little Egg Harbor. Okay.
7: Awesome. And then I'm Corey Nickerson, the assistant
1: brewer. You know, this is this is one of the big boys. Oh yeah. And you have a nano brewery. That's right. But does this give you inspiration?
7: We actually just talked about well, when we first walked in the door. He, Jason, looked at me and said, "This will be us one day." Like that was you know, one of the first things he said. Goals. Goals. Answer question simply.
0: Yes. Yeah. What are you guys learning from this experience? And are you glad to be here? Oh, absolutely
10: couldn't be happier that we got an invite you know it's an honor to be here with rubbing elbows with you know the who's who and the you know, Philadelphia area brewing scene yeah it's just an amazing day it's an amazing facility when I turned 21 is when I started drinking craft beer right I'm 41 now <laughs> so uh, and not until then um, but yards was one of the early brews that I you know caught my eye on the shelf there weren't too many right but yards was one of them and I, I could say that I cut my teeth on yards yards um, you know Philly Pale Ale and the IPA and the Love Stout you know what I mean So and
0: that was like your gateway into craft beer absolutely
10: absolutely yep and then and then when I tried those beers I was like wow this is really different from the American stuff you know the mass produced stuff what, what's going on there's all this flavor like I got to know more about this and then I learned that you can brew, brew beer at home. And that's where I got into it okay.
1: Well, tell us about your beer and how
10: much you pump out, and uh, what are your goals? I'd like to say that we're the Pine Lynch Brewing Company. So we brew authentic, handmade, cramped ales of historic character. Oh, all right. I'm I intrigued. I would say
7: they're true true to styles. What yeah, I guess trying to say like they're pure yes. in their approach to it. Like you won't find like like for one, not that it's not true to style, but we haven't jumped on the whole like hazy IPA trend. Like the IPAs in front of us are clear and bitter and hoppy, and that's it.
0: Hey, Paul. Yo, you ever hear of the Kentucky Chew? Uh, no, is that tobacco or something? No, no, it's bourbon whiskey, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. How, how, how about the Kentucky Hug? Where are you going with this, John? <laughs> it's a new <laughs> a new bourbon uh, in Pennsylvania, Cooper's Craft, original, 82.2 proof, and uh, Cooper's Craft Barrel Reserve is 100 proof. These are products uh, coming to Pennsylvania. Um, they're now on sale, and uh, one of twelve states that you can get it in. Fitz Bailey is Cooper's Craft National Brand Ambassador. He was in Philadelphia giving us a urban education.
4: There we go. Awesome. Would you like to go ahead and give the 82.2 a nice little sniff? Hmm. So, hmm, is that like a
8: butterscotch?
4: It's a little bit of, a little bit of butterscotch. I I always get um, full-blown orchard, tiniest bit of oak, have you ever heard the term the Kentucky Chew?
0: No, what's that?
4: So you want to prime your taste buds mm-hmm. because um, I think all of us at some point, we might have seen a tasting wheel and there's, there's a lot of tastes on there yeah. and it's hard to pick them all out. Sure. So the Kentucky Chew, we've got to prime our taste buds. So what you want to do is you're going to take the first sip and this doesn't count. You're just going to roll this around in your yeah. mouth a little bit, just chew it. We're going to do that for about 10 seconds or so. There's definitely a lot of uh, fruit you'll get, uh-huh. a little bit of floral. Let's go ahead and uh, take a sip and do a little Kentucky Chew. Work that around in our mouth.
0: A Kentucky Chew.
4: Did you start it to get a
0: draw
2: after a while?
4: After a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's real bad. Um, so now that we have primed our taste buds, yeah. we're going to take another sip, and this sip is going to be our actual tasting. So this is where we're going to get the flavor notes. Okay. So go ahead and give it that second sip. and. This bourbon was created to be um, very light, very gentle, a wonderful introduction to the world of whiskey. Mm, yeah. The really cool thing about it is when we run this 82.2 through our Beech and Birchwood filter, it actually lowers the pH of the whiskey. And I won't get too scientific, yeah. but that lower pH allows it to hold on to carbonation better. So I could mix this with um, cola, ginger ale, champagne, and it's actually going to keep that fizz longer than another bourbon on the market. Champagne. Champagne. Have you ever had a Kentucky 75? No. It's a wonderful drink. So now yes, we're going to move on okay. to our um, brand new Cooper's Craft Barrel Reserve. We're going to pour some 100 proof. Very bold, very robust in comparison. So we had our Kentucky Chew. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish, you might have heard the term Kentucky Hug. So that's, This is all new to me. Oh, okay. Well, this, is, this right. is the
0: nice, warm <laughs> feeling you get. I feel it. In the context you're, of your heart? Yes. It's like warming your heart. Makes yes. warm
4: <clears> Kentucky and parts of Tennessee sit on a giant limestone bed. Um, and this bed is found in one other place in the world, and that's Scotland. And so, the limestone acts as a filter it pulls iron out of the water yeah, yeah yeah so the horses that are having this iron-free water they get very big they get very strong which yeah. is why we have the kentucky it's derby a, yeah. um, but we also create some uh, really phenomenal bourbons with that um, so when you think about what's bourbon what's whiskey um, what would the way you want to think about it is whiskey is the umbrella mm. so everything's a whiskey and it's what what you specialize in that changes it so all bourbons are whiskeys but not all whiskeys are bourbons bourbon irish whiskey and scotch all have different rules that apply to them Mm -hmm. you can only make bourbon in the united states there are some other rules you have to be at least 51 percent corn Um, you cannot be aged more than a county away from where you are distilled you have to be aged in a uh unused toasted charred White Oak American Barrel. Wow. Um, so there are there are a lot of rules. Um, for example, you cannot make Irish whiskey in Hawaii. Right. Um, nor would you probably want to drink that. Right. You can't make scotch in Australia. It right. has to come from Scotland. Right. Irish whiskey has to come from Ireland. Canadian whiskey has to come from Canada. Hmm. But all of these are whiskey. And they're whiskey because they're being aged in barrels. That's hmm. what's making them all whiskey.
0: You know, also, just a little side note, like, uh, brewers are are, are just trying to get their hands on, on, on barrels. Um, I mean, are you finding that from your end, or do you give S- them up? Or you, Well, I know you don't give them up. But. <laughs> so
4: if you treat a barrel well, you can get about 80 years of use mm. out of a barrel. Now, we, for the most part, are only going to use it once mm. because you cannot reuse a barrel and make it bourbon. Oh, now, really? we do have some tequilas in our portfolio, that we can send those barrels for aging. Um, but the majority of our barrels get bought by Ireland and they'll be used for irish whiskey we do sell them some scotch Uh, tabasco buys them Uh, verner's ginger ale buys them Um, several brewers buy them Uh, so we we make our own
0: somebody chops the tree down and makes them
4: so we uh (laughs) we have uh, 13 states that we'll pull it all from the appalachia to the ozarks and as high north as uh, wisconsin Wisconsin. So, Wisconsin. Uh, we do have some deals with several farmers and they, they bring us our trees. But you know what? If you have a backyard yep. that is growing a bunch of white oak, mm-hmm. uh, you can throw that white oak in the back of your truck, come on down to the Cooperage, and we will actually price that out for you and wow. buy it from you. Wow.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's it.
0: We'll have another round of Beer and Booze Bros real soon. You can find us and subscribe to the Beer and Booze Bros on the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Beer and Booze
1: Bros is on Twitter at the Beer Bros, a Z at the end. You can find me, Paul Kurtz, on Twitter, backwards at Kurtz Paul.
0: <laughs> Shut up, John. John McDevitt is at JM1060. Tom Rickert, helped produce this episode of Beer and Booze Bros. It's dangerous because that's just untrue. Ermagerd raspberries. Tom is on Twitter at T-Rick. Cheers, Johnny. Cheers, Paul.
2: (laughs) We made it. Yay.